Well, we all may not want to. We'll be listening to the angels sing, and they'll sing. And uh, Ray and Donna, thank you for coming, and, and I know I'd encourage them. And, and uh, give them a hand. I appreciate it. Thanks for your time. You know, you can be turning to Jude, uh, chapter 21, 22, and, and uh, we'll look uh, at a couple things. The thought crossed my mind, and sometimes I've been asking, sometimes you may have wondered, why am I here for? I mean, why did I get born or be born in this generation, in this time frame? Why at this place in the world? Why at this place in God's plan? If you're a Christian, if you're not, you don't know God's got a plan for your life, and he does. What, what, what is my, what's my existence? What's my significance What's the importance? Why am I here? And that's the subject I want to take this morning. Because once we grasp that and truly understand what we're doing here and, and uh, our purpose for being here, our existence, our significance for being here, once we get all of that uh, in, uh, of life and, and we get it nailed down, and then we be able to make a difference in people's life. And certainly we want to make a difference in, in people's lives. Uh, Stand with me, if you will. You found Jude, verse 21, 22, and 23. Uh, if you haven't, look on the wall. We'll show it to you on the wall. God's Word is the same, whether it's printed on paper, whether it's written on the wall. It's still God's Word, still important. He says, Jude said, keep yourselves. That, that's a, a military term, which means guard, protect, look around, because you got something precious. Uh, Jody was singing, thank you, Lord, and those things. And, Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus unto eternal life. And some have compassion, making a difference. Now, that phrase, make a difference, means we can't, you've heard me in the last three, four weeks, we can't, we can't treat everybody the same. Some people need compassion to be brought into the kingdom of God. But some people need to have the, uh, the fear of God brought into their lives. And others saved with fear. Some of us that are saved. We need to be reminded about the importance and the fear of God. Pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment or our flesh, if you will, that's spotted by uh, the, the, this world and the difficulty we come in. So this morning I want to talk to you, what am I here for? Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the music that we heard uh, from the choir, from the praise songs, and, and certainly from Jody and and, and his family continue to bless them, give them safety, Lord, as they return, watch over them. And, Lord, I ask you to be with us today as we open your word and, and understand why, why do I exist? What is my purpose in life? What's my significance? Those questions all come in our minds at one time or another, and we begin to wonder, is it worth it all? What's it for? Lord, maybe there's someone here today uh, that just doesn't grasp it, that doesn't understand it. Maybe they've not heard it before. Lord, let today, let them sit back and, and let the Holy Spirit speak to their hearts. I give you permission for your spirit to speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All right, I want to talk to you. First of all, why are you here? There's basically five reasons that we're here today. First of all, God's planned for God's pleasure. We are planned, we were created, we were made for God's pleasure. You see, we were planned for just for His pleasure. It's been said the two words that best describe the Christian life is love affair. 
God wants, wanted somebody to love him back, and God created man and created a family. And the family's created so have someone to love them back and love. That's our number one purpose. We're planned for his pleasure to love him. God wants us to know him. God wants us to love him. And everything else is secondary to all that. Everything other than knowing him and loving him is secondary to all that. This word of expressing love to, uh, to God we call worship. That's what's called worship. Now, the sad part is we don't understand what worship is. Worship actually is a twofold meaning. Let me show you. Number one, worship is expressing your love to God. That's, the, that's what worship is. And worship is living a life pleasing to God. Worship is expressing your love to God knowing him, loving him, and worship is living a life pleasing to him. It's pleasing to God. That's what's worship. The sad part is there's a, a, a big myth in Christian circles today and in the church today. Uh, many think that worship is only done through music. Boy, I enjoyed the worship. Didn't we really worship when he was playing? Didn't we worship when the choir was singing? Well, the message is the time to worship as well. Worship is, any, is loving God, and worship is anything they would do that's pleasing to God, pleasing to his life. That's what worship is. You see, worship is more than music. Worship is anything we do that brings that pleasure to God because we were created, we were planned for his pleasure, for his purpose. Our whole life is to be a life of worship. We're not just to worship him in a church house. We're to worship him in our house. We're to worship him on the job, at work. We're to be worshiping. We're to get to know him, to love him, and we're to be pleasing to him, live a life that's pleasing. Think about the words to the chorus we sing, Sanctuary. We, we sing it here quite often. The Lord, it says, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, set apart to be something that people can see, a difference that they can see God. Pure and holy, tried and pure, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. That's worship. Not just singing that chorus, but living that chorus. That's what worship is. That's why it's important for us. So we were planned for God, for his purpose. Our first purpose for being here is to worship God. Do you know that? That's what it is. It's not here to make money. It's not here to be a success. It's not here to, to let people awe and ooh over you but, uh, and to tell you how great and smart and wonderful you are. It's to worship God. That's the first thing we're supposed to do. A second thing is fellowship. Otherwise, we were formed or we were created for God's family, to be part of God's family, to be in a community that's called the church. And that's not just our church. It's in all believers. That's what we're here, to fellowship with one another. Man, it's good to get to fellowship. I, a great time to fellowship with the Lord. In fact, we'd like to take you guys out for lunch if you got time, Jody, you and, and, and your wife. And, and uh, Donna and Ray, you're welcome to come and with us to join us if you'd like, especially the two girls. I tell you, you girls are growing up. I remember when you was here last time, you was little. Now you've become quite young ladies, and I can see where you, you look like your mama and your daddy. You, you're getting to be lovely girls. And uh, I think we could have them come back any time. Next week would be fine. You, you guys want to back? Sure, give them a hand. Well, amen. Listen. Just as worship brings pleasure to God because he wants us to love him, fellowship with other believers brings God pleasure because we're created for community, for the church, or for God's family. So we're created to worship. We're created for fellowship. You see, many think the Christian life is just a matter of believing. 
Well, certainly believing what Christ did on the cross is the important thing, and that's what gets you and I to heaven is believing that Christ died for us, shed his blood for us. But believing is more. That Christian life is more than just believing. You see, God says, no, we're not just believers. We're created to be belongers. We're to belong. I mean, here's a man that I hadn't seen in a number of years. Jody called me and said, hey, uh, ask his mom, how's, is that pastor still at Gaumi? He's been on my mind a lot. I want to know how he's doing. And he calls the church office, and, and Nancy gave me the note. And I, She said, do you know Jody Welch? I said, yeah, I knew. I'll call, give him a call. And Jody, I don't know if your mom told you, I just come back the day before getting a haircut over there, and she told me that she had been asking about, uh, about me to her. So that's how God works. He knows exactly where we're at, what we're doing, because we're created for fellowship. We're created for worship. That's what God wants. We're to be belongers. We're to, we're to fellowship in, the, in a church environment, in a community. You belong to the family of God. Once you're saved, you belong to the family of God. You know what? Jody and his family go to a different church. Ray and Donna go to a different church. But guess what? Don't go out here telling everybody because it'll upset some of them denominations. But we're all going to be in heaven. Those that have Christ, you know, it don't matter because we're all part of the family of God. That's a secret. Now, don't go telling everybody that once you get saved, you're going to be in heaven with other people because some of them other people, they don't want to be around. Some of them other people don't want to be around me. That's okay. I don't mind. I can live with it. You see, the words one another are used a little over 62 times in the New Testament alone. And one another, for example, love one another, care for one another, pray for one another, exhort Otherwise, urge one another to do what's right and to, and to serve God. Encourage one another and so on and so forth. That one another's. We're supposed to be one another because we were made to be belongers. That's the purpose of believing. Because once you believe what Christ did on the cross, you belong into the family of God. You become a member. So we're made to fellowship. We're made to worship. You see, God urges us in Jude uh, verse 22, and some have compassion doing what? Uh, hey, remember I asked you last week, we need to get mad, M-A-D, M period, A period, D period, right? What's mad stand for? Making a difference. We need to be mad for God. We need to make a difference for God in the life of one another through fellowship and through, you ready, third part? Worship, fellowship, and discipleship. That's created to be like Christ. We're created to be like Christ. You see, God made us to transform us into the likeness of his son, Jesus Christ, and to help others on their journey. You know, we're not just on this journey alone. We're to help some other people come along. We're to disciple them and encourage them, lift them up, and in turn, we're to learn and to grow. When you think, even Paul himself said, I haven't, I haven't learned it all. I haven't arrived. I haven't apprehended. He said, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, forgetting my failures, Forgetting my discouragements, my disappointments, all the things I should have done, I didn't do. Forgetting those things, this one thing I do, reaching forward to the high prize, the calling of Jesus Christ, to be like Christ. That's what he wants. The truth is God is far more interested in your character, in my character, in our character. That's why he works on our heart. Character is what we're made up from the inside out. That's who we really are is our character. And there's some people that say, man, that pastor at Gomez Church is quite a character. You shouldn't have laughed so quick. And all God's people said, amen, that's the way it is. See, listen, a lot of people are asking, what is God's will for my life? 
What my job? Some of our young people. What, what's, what job should I have? What career should I have? Where should I work? What should I do? You know what? You could probably have a dozen different jobs and God would say, that's fine. You could pick, change careers, change majors in, co in college. Many do. Uh, some of us have, hey, that's fine. You know, God's got a direction. That's okay. That's fine. Because you see, discipleship means we're created to be like God. So, because we were planned for his purpose to worship and we were made for fellowship to the family of God. So God is more interested in our character than our, and than our career. He's more interested in your character and you being what you're supposed to be than what the job you're working at. You wonder why? I'm glad you asked. Think with me for a minute. This is why. Because we're going to carry our character into eternity to face our creator. We're not going to carry our career to face him. Now, we'll give an answer for what we do, good or bad. But it's our character that we're going to carry into eternity. And that's what he's going to judge us on. You had this opportunity. You could have done that. You could have worshipped. You could have fellowshiped. You could have been discipled. You could have discipled. But instead, you were too busy doing other things. Your character. And some people are not going to have the right character. And he's going to say to them, depart from me. I'm sorry I never knew you. I want to hear, well done, thy good and faithful servant. You see, what am I here for? Number one, you're here to worship God. That's God, your plan for God's presence. You, you understand that? You get that? Nod your head if you're with me. Okay. Number two, you're here for fellowship, to belong to the family of God. We need a uh, family of God. We need to belong. We lost some, uh, some good family people. Some of you, they're family members. Betty Sherman and, and, and uh, um, Ron Jenkins and, 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 and some others. Betty was such a surprise. Known her for the, for the 17 or 18 years we've been down here. I think we one of the first, her and Joe's, one of the first people we met. Wonderful people. Just caught us off a surprise. Uh, Sue Sherman's aunt. Uh, it's just, it just, wow, you know. It's just crazy. But listen, we're here to fellowship because we belong to the family of God. Not just our blood family, but our church family. The church family is that umbrella of protection that God gives us. That's why it's important to be in a church and be faithful to a church and belong to a church. And number three, we're designed here for discipleship. That's to become like Christ. You see, our whole goal when God wants us to worship him, wants us to fellowship, and that process is discipleship, which brings us to look like Christ. Now, number four, I said there were five reasons. Number four, ministry, to serve him. We're designed for ministry. We were created. What am I here for? To be involved in ministry. Listen, every Christian is created to serve, called to ministry, created for ministry, saved for ministry, and gifted for ministry. I can't play the piano like Jody. I can't play the piano like Sue. I can't, I can't sing like Donna or like the choir. I, you know, I love music. But you know what I can do? I can say, go get them. Hey, man, that's great. I can say, great job. You did good. I can do that. I can problem that ministry. See, everybody's not called to be a minister or to be a pastor, but every Christian's called to minister. That's what God wants us to do. Every Christian's not the pastor. Not, and you ought to be thank God for that. But everybody's not. But every Christian is to be a minister because to be Christ-like, one ministers to one another. 
when we're ministering to one another, we're like Christ. And that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be Christ-like because he wants us to worship him. He wants us to fellowship with him. He wants us to disciple someone or be discipled while we're going through the process. And he wants us to be involved in ministry. You can't be like Jesus without serving someone else. It's an impossibility. You've got to serve someone if you're going to be like Jesus because Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And he came because he wanted to serve someone. Listen, ministry is to serve him. You see, ministry is using your God-given abilities to give God the glory and to help someone else on their earthly journey to get to heaven. That's what ministry is about. That's the purpose, to encourage them and help them along the way. That's why we need to do it. The Bible teaches that God gives us our abilities, excuse me, and our talents and our gifts for the purpose of, our benefits, not for ourselves, but to bless and to help other people. That's why we're supposed to do it. That's the whole purpose behind it. <coughs> Otherwise, to make a difference in their lives. You're supposed to worship God, to love him, and to know him, and, and to live a life pleasing to him. You're to fellowship, belong to a church, be in a church house, be in a member. That's like Charlie and Sharon. <coughs> I get so excited watching them. Sharon, she gets so excited when people come to the altar or people get saved or baptized. Or we get up, her and Charlie like this just like the rest of us do. It, this is a great place to, to learn to love him, to know him, to grow, and to, to be discipled. That's what it's all about, and to have a ministry. That's where it is. They're on the mission team. That's part of their ministry. Everybody's not made for the mission team. That's okay. You know, we have some try it, and they say, hey, that's, I don't agree. That's okay. There's another place. Get involved in ministry. Serve where God wants you. What am I here for? God has made us, you and I, number one, to worship, to worship him. You got it? That's what we're supposed to be doing. I don't care if you're a fireman, if you're a policeman, if you're a soldier, if you're a housewife, whatever you are, you're to worship God. That's your number one purpose is to worship God. Number two is the fellowship in the family of God. You're to belong to a church and you're to be involved in the church. And, and uh, D.L. will be telling some of us we're doing the work on the basement now, and we're having this work out here done, and, and we're going to put brick around the sign. We've got, got to take care of that. Got somebody looking at that. D.L. can't do everything. I don't want him doing everything. His number one thing is, is to worship God and, and the fellowship and take care of his family. Worship. But he's going to head up the thing in the basement, and, uh, and they're doing something down there. And he'll be telling you he'll need some help, so come and help him. You know, give him a chance with, uh, uh, maybe you can't do a lot, but you could do some things. And we're going to do that, not just with bearing press speed. This is, we're going to finish the basement. You know, it's time. We've been in here, Dion and I was talking. We've been in here, it'll be 10 years this August. It's time we get God's house done, don't you think? Huh? Amen. And we're going to finish it. We're doing a lot of great things through it. We're doing the John and Romans. We've got a paper drive next month. If you got an extra nickel, dime, quarter, dollar, and you want to do it, this booklet here costs 18 cents now, I think D.L. says, regardless of what language. And we send it to those missionaries free of charge in that language. And, and you know what? There is, it's a ministry. It's an opportunity to get involved. And the sad part is, is, is the statistics, the last we heard is seven people read one of these little booklets in their language. And, and one out of seven may accept Christ. That's wonderful. I think it's great. We send out 500 and some odd thousand, 568,000 now in the last 12 years. So that means we, that's how many accepted Christ. The statistics are still true. But the sad part is, folks, that means six didn't. 
We still need a missionary on the field. We still need to get the word of God to them because then we need to do it because Christ is coming back and he's coming back soon. Some of you, I told Wednesday night, Charlie was telling me this last week that Russia has signed a peace pact with Iran and they've come in to grill oil for, for protection and those kind of things. You know, it just makes me think that's the old Persia's Iran and that area. It makes me think of Gog and Magog and it's just getting closer. You know, in fact, I almost hear the buses warming up. But the good thing is we ain't going to heaven in a bus. We're going out there. You know, these, these old rafters and things aren't going to hold us back, you know. And uh, if, if we'll get, we'll have, I don't know how, whoever's left behind, not, not Nancy, but whoever's left behind can put on a sign. If, if the church is empty, just look up. Oh, boy, that's a good one. <laughs> hey, we're a discipleship. We're for the discipleship. We're created to be like Christ and to become like Christ. Man, that's hard. That's hard in my life. Maybe it's easier for you, but it's hard for me. <laughs> Man, to be like Christ, love your enemies, forgive those who hurt you and make fun of you. You know, the, the old Ray, the old military side of me wants to just beat them unmercifully about the head and shoulders, do a tap dance all over their skull, and then ask God to save them. You know? I mean, it's just uh, that, that, that enough flesh side in me. But, it, hey, I'm here for worship, to love and know God, to live a life pleasing to hear. I'm here for fellowship, to belong to a church. I'm here for discipleship. I'm here to help you and you to help me. And I'm here for ministry to serve him. And number five, I'm made for a mission. You're not an accident. You were born in this generation at this time for a specific purpose. You have a mission. The mission. Paul was so passionate about this purpose, about this mission. He said in Acts 20, 24, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. I want to tell people about the grace of God. I I'm so want to do that to so much that people know. There's a word for filling our mission in this world, and it's called evangelism. We're to be witnessing the people of Christ. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 to 23. Paul said, For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. He said, I, wanna, I want more people. I want to get more people in the kingdom of God. And unto the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. He didn't say I compromised the gospel. He said I just told it so they could understand it, so the weak could understand it, so the Jew could understand it. I just broke it down to their language so their knowledge that they could have on it. Not that I compromised the gospel and, or, or changed the gospel in any way. To them that are under the law as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. I want the Jew. I want them that's under the law. I want the weak. And then in 21, he said to them that are without the law as without the law. He said, I didn't get to act like everybody up to the mule lip that wagon wheel or whatever you want to call it. He said, I didn't do that. 
He said, I kept the way I was supposed to be. I had the right character. I kept the right action, being not without the law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without law. He said, I tried to explain it so they could understand it. I wanted them to know it in their language. I wanted them to hear it. That's why it's important to do the John and Romans in their language. Verse 22, to the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak, that I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. He said, I want to do everything I can to save people. He said, that's the whole purpose. That's what it's all about. That's what I'm trying to do is I want to save as many as can, and that's what I want to do. I want to take as many with me as I can take to heaven when it's my time to go. That's my whole purpose for doing that. Listen, let me tell you a true story I read the other day. It really, really touched me. A man and his wife was sitting by his dad's bedside. His dad had been a pastor for 50 years but he was dying of cancer. He is very weak. He's very tired. He tried to get up out of bed, and, and, and uh, he just was struggling. He's struggling, and, and the daughter-in-law said, said, Jimmy, lay back down. He said, you're too weak, Jimmy. Just lay back down. And, and, and he tried to get up again. And finally, she just kind of forcefully laid him back, pushed him back. He was up almost to a sitting position at this time. The son, the daughter's there, daughter-in-law, and and, and the daughter-in-law lays him back down in the bed and said, Jimmy, you, the cancer's got you. You're dying. It's too weak. And then she finally dawned him, well, what is it that you want? And Jimmy, in the strongest voice he could get, he said, I got to win one more for Jesus. I got to win one more for Jesus. I got to win one more for Jesus. Just win one more for Jesus. And he must have went on. The guy said about 100 times in the writing, I got to win one more for Jesus. I got to win one more for Jesus. And the son, who's also happened to be a pastor, was bowing his head with tears running down his cheeks. And he bowed his head. And his dad looked over and saw him. And his dad reached out with his right hand, touched his head as if giving him a blessing like in the Old Testament. And he said to him, win one more for Jesus. Win one more for Jesus. Folks, that's what it's about. What are you here for? For a mission to win one more to Jesus. That's what you and I are here for. We're here to worship. We're here to fellowship. We're here to discipleship. We're here for ministry, but we're here for a mission to win one more for Jesus. And we can make a difference in 2015 if we win one more to Jesus. We can make a difference in this country called the United States of America if we win one more to Jesus. We can make a difference in hell. We can make a difference in heaven by winning one more to Jesus. That's what it's all about. That's what it's for. That's the important thing. That's what we need to do. Now listen, I've shared your purpose and my purpose of what we're here in life for. Why are we here? We're here for those purposes. What are you going to do about it? It's up to you. It's up to you to decide what you're going to do. You can get upset. You can quit. You can do whatever you want, but it's up to you. Or you can win one more for Jesus, whatever. Acts 13, 36 says this about David. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, otherwise that's what God wanted him to do, serve his generation, fell asleep or passed away. He died and was laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. And when Jesus takes me home, I want people to say he shared God's purpose to his generation. They can say all kinds of other things, and they'll probably be right and true. But I want them to say, hey, he had been with Jesus. He, he served his generation. He did the best. And that's what I want for you. That's what I want people to say about you, that you served. You tried to win one more for Jesus. It's up to them to say yes or not, but you tried 
to win one more for Jesus. If we just win one in 2015, that means that many, I don't know how many we got here today, close to 100. We win one more for Jesus. That's what it's all about. You see, you're here for a God-given purpose. You and I are here because God made us, created us to worship God for his pleasure. To fellowship in the family of God. Don't ignore, don't don't forsake the assembly of other the manner some is. Why some people just already planned they're not coming back Sunday night or Wednesday. You know, don't don't forsake it. We're here for discipleship, created to be like Jesus Christ. That means we're supposed to help people along their journey and in the process they're helping us and and the whole result is going to be we all be like Jesus Christ. The ministry to serve him. We got a ministry. Get involved in the ministry. Make a difference in somebody's life. That's the ministry. And evangelism. We're made for a mission. You're made for a mission. As that man got up saying, I gotta win one more for Jesus. What a way to go out with a desire to win one more for Jesus. What's your desire? What's your passion? Let's stand. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this that we've heard today and for what you mean to us. Lord, we don't understand all that worship and fellowship, maybe in discipleship and that, that ministry and that mission, that evangelism. Lord, but let this draw people to you. Let this desire to live a life for you because they can't worship, Lord, if we don't love and know more about you and if we don't live a life pleasing to you then all that worship, all the music, all the preaching, all the study and reading is going to do nothing, Lord. And they can't worship you if, and please you if they're not fellowshipping with one another. And, Lord, we need to be discipling. We need to be learning and growing. And, Lord, we need to be involved in a mission. Forgive us, Lord, where we just not involved in a ministry anywhere because that's our mission is to be here, to win one more for Jesus. Maybe there's someone here today, Lord, that doesn't know you as their personal Savior. I ask you to be with him. Lord, with every head bowed and every eyes closed, I want to ask you this. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you're not 100% sure if you die today, you go to heaven, would you just slide your hand up and put it back down? Amen, amen. Let's say you are 100% sure what the bus goes and I'm going to heaven. Would you raise your hand to God? Amen, amen. Gracious Heavenly Father, you've seen the hands raised. You know the heart. The heart's our character. The hearts are who we are. Lord, I just ask you to be with each person, Lord, and we'll pray. They don't have to join the church to pray. This can be an altar. They come and say, I know today why I'm here. I'm here for worship. I'm here for fellowship. I'm here for discipleship. I'm here for ministry. I'm here for to evangelize. I'm here for a mission. My purpose in whatever my talents and abilities are are to do those five things. That's why God made us. Now, Lord, what are we going to do about it? In Jesus' name, amen. As the music playing, whatever, won't you come? Whatever God's got for you. Praying for a revival. Praying that God will use you in, in those areas, knowing that that's why you're here, that's your purpose for being here.
That's the purpose of belonging to a church. That's why it's important. You want somebody to pray with you, that's fine. Well, come, let me know, and I'll be glad to let somebody pray with you. You're looking for a church home, that's fine. Won't you come? Whatever it is, whatever your need, whatever your desire. God loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross just for you. And God wants you to worship him. And the way to worship him, certainly singing is part of that. Reading the word of God is part of that. Praying is part of that. But worship is loving and knowing him, coming closer to him. And worship is living a life that's pleasing to him. What kind of life are you living? Not pleasing to self, but pleasing to God. If you're like me, I have difficulty sometimes. I have hard at times. But I don't give up trying. And to fellowship with one another. To disciples one another and to be disciples. To be involved in a ministry working hard to see what God's going to accomplish through that and to be involved in evangelism. One more person. We lead one more person to the Lord. That's what it's all about. That's what we need to know. Just like that man said on that dying bed, Jimmy, they said his name was, said, I got to win one more for Jesus. I got to win one more for Jesus. I got to win one more. I thank God in my sickness that he allowed me to win or lead. I didn't win anybody, but to lead John Wheeler to the Lord. Worked with him for 15 years. Talked to him about Jesus for 15 years. And in the hospital, in Kansas City at Research Hospital. He came to see me and he said, I want what you got. And I couldn't even walk over to his chair and sit beside him. I had to crawl on my hands and knees because I was too weak and tired. And I couldn't see the word of God, but I thank God I had it memorized and I could tell him. And I said, John, as important as it is, it's important. Are you willing to give your life to Jesus? If so, let's bow our heads and I will pray a prayer. And he prayed that prayer. And now, as I told the church, I don't remember a couple weeks ago, their whole family's in church been rebaptized. That's what it's about. One more for Jesus. One more. You know, that's the most important thing. Let's win one more. Listen, take as many when I go out as I can to heaven. That's what it is. What are you going to do about it? Let... Uh, Ray, could you close with some prayer this morning? I caught you off guard, I know, but he'll bring you a mic. Ray, thank you for your service to our country and your family and your friendship, buddy. You know you're special. Father, we thank you for the worship today. We thank you for the word that you spoke through the pastor that is going to our hearts, and we just 
thank you for your power. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross that gives us eternal life. We thank you for the privilege of worship that makes you glad when we do. And we pray that you go with us this coming week. We pray that we will not forget these words are spoken today and we'll carry them with us and we'll hide them in our hearts and do thy will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <laughs>